If I ask you to describe what the word gentleness is, you just suddenly try to do it with the kids. It's petting the kitty. The description, the, the uh, another option that I had was in, in the sermon that I saw for the kids was was having an actual live baby chick, but I didn't think that would be a good idea here. They actually suggested that we actually have real hammers and nails, and that would have worked. But then we're talking about kicking a soccer ball in the sanctuary with all of these cups laying around. I was like, ah, probably not a good idea. And then I thought, well, I have a cat over at the house. I could bring the kitten over here. Nah, that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> so we're using our imaginations. But in using your imagination, if you had to try to do what I just did, if you had to tell a child, what does it mean to be gentle? Butterfly kiss. A butterfly kiss. Uh huh. I remember those when my girls were little. Butterfly kiss with your eyelashes up against their cheek. Soft. Soft. Okay. Anybody else? More, more than the physical more than the physical action. Gentleness in spirit. Okay. Gentleness in our spirit. And then in the way that we respond to. Okay. Very good. But it's not easy sometimes. You might want to kick in your spirit. But I tell my dog, water coming, I say, don't bite it. Push it. Well, we even use the word gentle when we're training our dogs. Because, um, you know, we want to give them a treat, a hand-fed treat. We always say gentle, gentle, gentle. Because one of our dogs, she's very good about taking food out of your hand and just taking it gently. The other one, you know, and she's not being mean. She's just, oh, and so we're having to work on that. She's learning what the word gentle means. But, or what we expect from her, I guess, when we use the word gentle. But honestly, gentle is not an easy word to, to visualize. It's not, for me, it's not an easy, easy thing to, 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 to quantify. And I looked up in the Bible the word gentle, gentleness, um, and I discovered that in the New Testament, there's actually two Greek words. That are, that are both defined or described as gentle, which just lends to the confusion. Because they don't mean exactly the same thing. They are, they are translated into the word gentle, but it depends on the circumstance in which you find yourself. So let's look at those two words. The very first one, and we're, I'll give you some of the scripture references in just a second. Um, I truly wish that I had this on the screen, but there was no, no way. I have to become much more comfortable with our system up here to be able to actually do the slides. I, I was going to try and do it, and I was like, uh, no, no, we're not doing that. So I'm going to spell the words out for you. If you're taking notes, write them down. Um, and I did listen to the official Logos Bible software pronunciation video. So hopefully I've got it right this time. Um, the very first word is epi-e-case. Epi-e-case. And it's case is the emphasis. So it's epi-e-case. Epi-e-case. It's E-P-I-E-I-K-E-S. E-P-I-E-I-K-E-S. 
I-D-I-K-E-S. Epiakase. Epiakase. The other Greek word is prautes. Prautes. P-R-A-U-T-E-S. Prautes. And again, the emphasis on the last syllable. Prautes. Prautes. Epiakase is a word that is used to describe uh, a balanced or an intelligent or a decent outlook on, on one's life. Epiakase is someone who is a good citizen. Epiakase is someone who is admired in their community. Epiakase is someone who is trusted who has a good reputation, these all fall under case. So it's, it's I, don't, I, I couldn't find anywhere where it would say that it was actually a noun, but in my mind, that's what I think I'm seeing, is that it's a noun that actually is a, a good outlook, or a good citizen, or someone who's admired, or someone who is uh, trusted, um, where prautes is more... Um, more uh, descriptive of things or people, so more it's more of an adjective than it is a noun. Where epiakase is more of a noun in my mind. That's and again, I couldn't find that in the study that I did. But prautis is, uh, can mean humility or, or humble. Prautis can mean being considerate. That's a very prautis uh, person. They're a very considerate person. Prautis means meekness. Which, that was interesting. Gentleness and meekness. Um, and then finally, um, well, no, and that's it. And then, but yeah, and then finally, um, one of the, one of the, co- one of the commentators, uh, he's an old, 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 old commentator named William Barclay. And his description of this word, prautes, is the quality of the person whose feelings and emotions are under perfect control. The person the quality of the person whose feelings and emotions are under perfect control. See, if you're thinking about a person whose feelings and emotions are under perfect control, wouldn't that be somebody who's respected, trusted, admired, seen as a good citizen? And so, see, that's why there's this weird blend, not blending, but, but it's, 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 it's blurry when you're trying to understand the difference between epiaketas and, uh, and uh, prautes, prautes. Prautes is the one that is this, this person who has their feelings and emotions under control. So, and we'll get more into that in just a second and you'll understand it. So, we're going to first look at some verses that solely have epiaketas I tried to say it. Epicase. Epicase. Epicase, that's it. Epicase. Okay, so this is the person who's a good citizen or an admired person or a trusted individual. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, the verse that I just taught the kids. Let your goodness be, or gentleness, excuse me, let your gentleness be evidence to everyone. Let it be seen by all. In other words, be a good citizen. Have, have a, be trusted in your community. Be a person that people look up to. That's what Paul was saying in Roman, I mean in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Let your gentleness, your epiakase, 
be enough, be known by all. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, is, as Paul is giving instructions to Timothy, who is a young pastor of a church, he says, therefore, an overseer, someone who's going to be over the, 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 the congregation, must be above reproach. They must be the, 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 the they have, must have one spouse, they must be sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, you have the ability to teach, not be a drunkard, not be violent. And this is what they say here. Not be violent, but epiochies. In other words, so there's this direct difference between gentleness and violence. There's a, a distinct black and white comparison between the two. So this idea is someone who is not in any way mean-spirited, harmful, brings bad repute on themselves. Then the next one, and there, were, there was only about five verses in all of the New Testament that had this word epiochase. But this, this, this last one that I'm going to share with you comes out of Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 is messing with my mind. Because this is what it says. Hear the words. Look it up in your Bibles if you have them available. Uh, your translations may be slightly different, but uh, I'm reading out of the ESV. Remind them, again, Paul is giving Titus, who is a pastor, instruction about how to deal with his people in his church. And Paul's instruction to Titus is, remind your people to be submissive to rulers and authorities. Remind them to be obedient. Remind them to be ready for every good work. Remind them to speak evil of no one. Remind them to avoid quarreling. Remind them to be gentle. Remind them to show courtesy toward all people. What, is, what do some of your translations say in verse 2? Mine says, remind them to be gentle and remind them to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Anybody? Yeah. Dennis? To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Gentle and meekness, then, are the two words. Anybody else? Verse 2 first of Titus chapter 3. It says to be gentle and show true humility. True humility. So gentle and meekness was Genesis. Gentle and true humility. Anybody else? Something that might be slightly This verse, chapter 3, verse 2 of Titus, has both Greek words. Epiochase and Prabotes. Anyway, and epiochase is the word that's being translated to be gentle. Prabutus is showing perfect courtesy. Or what was the other one? Meekness. Meekness. And, and, and Marlene just was humble? Being humble. So there's an interesting thing, and we're gonna again we're gonna come back to this idea between the two, the difference between the two. But I want to look at what the word prabutus, where it comes in. In these verses. Now, there were like nine New Testament verses that had this. We're not going to go through all nine of them. I've only chosen three. Um, the first one you're very familiar with, it's been in front of you all morning long on the screen. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. I mean, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such things there is no law. And the word gentleness in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 is the word prabutus. It's not epicase. 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 It's 
Prabhutas. Matthew chapter 5, this is, this is interesting, Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's the word prabutas. And then finally, this is another very familiar passage, Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So, in these three passages, we are told that the fruit of the Spirit is prabutas. We are told that the prabutas will inherit the earth. And we are told Jesus himself saying, come to me, let me put my yoke on you, learn from me, because I am prabutas. I am lowly, and also lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So there's, there's, there's this blending that's really difficult for me to still cleanly remove them. But if you look at this idea of perfect courtesy being prabutas, this person who has what Barclay's definition was, again, let me read it to you. The quality of a person whose feelings and emotions are under perfect control. Someone who is able to deal with every situation perfectly. To have their emotions and their uh, responses and their feelings just completely under control at all times is someone who is prautas. But an interesting verse where prautas shows up is Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 where it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of prautas. So in other words, if you find somebody that's in your life who claims to be Christian, who claims to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're catching them in a transgression, which means sin, if you're finding that they're entering into a, a practice of sin, it is your moral and spiritual responsibility to come alongside them and to help restore them, doing so with perfect courtesy, keeping your emotions your feelings in perfect control while you are confronting this person. Well, <laughs> that's not easy. It's easy to come up and say, you need to get your act together. There's an expression, an old expression that my parents used to say, and I hated it. What I'm about to do, to, what I'm about to do to you, the spanking, is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, spank your own butt. But what it was was they knew that what needed, what was going to happen, this discipline that was going to be taking place, was needed, necessary, and important. But it didn't make them feel good to do it. It hurt their spirit to have to do it. And in reality, if you were a good parent, there should be tears in your eyes as the paddle is being applied to their rear end. It should never be done in a spirit of anger or maliciousness or meanness. It's the same idea as taking a hammer to a kitten. If you are going to be gentle in your dealings with this sinner, 
this brother or sister who are who are struggling with temptation and can't overcome, and you're going to come alongside them to help restore them, there should be tears welling up in your eyes as you confront them. Because you're not coming to kick them or hit them or harm them. You're coming to be gentle with them. To help love them back, if you will, into right relationship with God or with you or with whomever. And unfortunately, in so many cases, that's not how it happens. In so many cases, there's the idea that I need to get you straightened out. You need to hear the truth. Opportunity for true reconciliation, true restoration, because we don't approach it well with the right and proper, not the motive, the motive's right, but I'm talking about with the right and proper actions. The idea of being perfectly in control of your feelings and your. Because what's going to happen when Job? This person that you see and is struggling with sin, and you come and confront them. Either they will recognize and admit and confess their sin, and then repent of their sin, or they're going to get back in your face and say, Who do you think you are coming to me and saying anything about my life? Because what about you and your stinking blah, 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 blah. And in that moment, if you are not actually using prautas, the fruit of, of the Spirit, where you are in perfect control of your feelings and your emotions, you may violate everything you're trying to do by harming them with your own words and actions. And it may cause a further, response, a further problem. Now, that's number one out of this idea of privilege. Coming alongside a brother or sister and, and helping them to be restored. But what about when you're dealing with somebody outside of the faith? Well, if you look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he gives very clear instructions. When somebody says to you, how in the world can you respond to this COVID crisis the way that you respond? I mean, you're not freaking out. You're not upset. How in the world are you doing this? And you're supposed to, according to this, it says, In your hearts, honor Christ the, Lord, Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So we're always supposed to be ready to give our defense of our own belief system and, and to do apologetics, if you will. We're supposed to always be prepared to be able to say what we believe and why we believe it and how we have hope. But quite often, especially in this Western culture, we stop halfway through that verse. Yeah, we're prepared to give a response to why we believe what we believe and prove to you how we're right and you're thinking wrong. What about the issue, and I'm, I'm not trying to be political here, but what about the issue of the fight between some people that have a feeling about uh, pro-life and some people who have a feeling about pro-choice? The Christians who are practicing pro-utas 
should not be trying to harm somebody, hitting them with a hammer. They should not be kicking them like a soccer ball. They should be gently, carefully, helping this person to understand what you truly believe and why. It's not a matter of me convincing you. It's a matter of me helping you understand why I feel so strongly about what I believe. And the reason we messed up is because if you just go just a few words farther in this verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, we are to be ready to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, doing so with gentleness and respect. Gentleness is this word providence. Perfect courtesy. Being in full control of your emotions and your feelings and responding to them in a kind, in a gentle way. I keep wanting to say kindness. Kindness is a different fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is a specific fruit of the Spirit that we're focusing on. I tried to come up with some, some examples out of the Scriptures. Specifically, Jesus' examples. Because we're, you know, when we say we want to be uh, practicing or, or, or using the fruit of the Spirit or allowing God to, to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, uh, it's so that we can be more like Christ, so that we can be more like Jesus. So, when we're trying to think about things, where Jesus, and Jesus himself said, Take my yoke upon uh, me, take my yoke upon you, because you will find that I am gentle and lowly of heart. So when he said that, he identified himself as Prabhutas. So where can we find evidence in the scripture of Jesus being Prabhutas? Having full control of his emotions and his feelings and responding appropriately to the situation. The very first one that came to mind was John chapter 4. The woman at the well. Here was a woman who had had more than five or had five husbands at one point in her life. And he, he confronted her on it. He said to her, you know, you, I know you've had, you've had four husbands before, and the guy you're living with now is leaving your husband, but you're living with him in sin. But he was doing so in a way that didn't cause her to, to pull back or to, to push away. She literally went and told the, com- the, the community that she was from, we found the Messiah, you need to come here. He told me everything that I've ever done. You know, she was like, he everything she was really excited about him coming into her life because he confronted her in a way that was gentle and a way that she could hear the truth and receive the truth. Another time, John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery. Jesus, in both his situations with the people who were confronting Jesus about this woman caught in adultery and the woman caught in adultery, he looked at the people who were accusing her and he said, I am not going to argue with you. I'm not going to dispute with you. You are legally in the right. The law of Moses does say that this woman should be stoned because she was found in the act of adultery. I just encourage you and I, I, I challenge you. The very first person who throws a stone should be the one who has never said. Because you have the moral right and the moral high right. So that's my encouragement to you. You, on the other hand, I see they've all walked away. Where are your accusers? She said, they're all gone. 
who says, then I don't accuse you. I don't, I don't condemn you either. But I do say one thing to you before I let you go. Don't sin anymore. Change the way you're living. You've just seen how dangerous the choices you're making. Literally, you could have lost your life right now. You've been given a second chance. Make good choices now. You see, he could have responded so differently, and he would have been right. But he chose to not hit the kitten with the hammer. He chose to gently, carefully. I, one of the other things when he said in the children's thing about the, instead of doing a kitten to use a chip, one of the things I really appreciate about using the idea of a chip, but I wasn't sure... Uh, if your kids had any experience with chicks, that's the reason I was changing to a kitten. And with a chick, you've got to hold it so that it doesn't accidentally jump out of your hand and fall to the ground and get hurt. Right? So there has to be enough pressure to make the chick feel secure and safe so that it doesn't try to jump away. But you don't want to hold it so tightly that you crush its rib cage. Right? So there's a there's a, a tension that goes on in this gentle holding of the chick. Because your intent is to be gentle for its benefit. Your intent is to hold it secure for its benefit. Your intent is so that it feels secure. Your intent is to not cause harm. That's being in perfect control of your feelings and your emotions as you're entering into a situation, responding to some situation, whether it's a person being inappropriate or a person who doesn't understand the truth or whatever the case may be, but doing so in a way that does not cause harm. Last one. Jesus showing from He stood before a man and he said to him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Who was that that he said that to? Pilate. Jesus had just gone through a full night of rest, humiliation, torture, beatings, He was exhausted. And the man who holds power over him says, Don't you know who I am? I have the authority to kill you if I choose to. And Jesus, the God of all gods, the one who could have called 10,000 angels to come to his rescue, the one who could have said, I don't put up with this and would have been fully within his right to do so stood there in full control looked this man in the eye and said you would have no authority over me unless it was given to you from above and if there is any distinctive thing that you need to learn this morning about what it means to Exhibit the fruit of gentleness. This is it. Why? Because Jesus 
in front of the evil that was before him, not saying Pilate was evil, but in front of all that he was facing, Jesus, who had the power and the authority in himself to say no, Jesus knew the Father intimately. Jesus knew that the Father was fully in control. And Jesus knew that within the Father's perfect plan for the advancement of the kingdom of God, for the restoration of humanity to right relationship, this must take place. And it is not pleasant for me now, and it is not something I would choose in and of myself, but I know that I trust my Father, and as He allows it into my life, I receive it and I walk through it in gentleness. Fully in control of my, my emotions, fully in control of my feelings, fully in control of my actions. Having the opportunity at any moment to choose my own way. But because I have already submitted to the Almighty, because He is my God, I walk this path without fighting, without seeking my own, completely trusting. And as a result, I can promote, I can project gentleness to all the people around me. That's powerful. That is powerful. As I was doing my research, there was one thing that I, I wanted to start with this little tiny little snippet out of a Henry Wadsworth Longfellow poem, but for me it's a better conclusion than it is an intro. And so I want to I want to read it to you as we, as we talk about what it means to to allow the fruit of the Spirit, the Prautas, to come out, being fully in control, having perfect courtesy to all people. It's a position of power. It is not a position of weakness. It's a position of, of I have the ability, but I choose not to take it. This is, this is the, the image that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow uh, wrote in his poem called The Village Blacksmith. And the person that I was reading, the commentator on this passage of scripture that I was reading about, used this. And he said this. In the poem, Longfellow's main characters described thus. The smith, a mighty man is he, with large and sinewy hands, and the muscles of his brawny arms are strong as iron bands. However, in church, as he hears his daughter singing a song, the smith is overcome with emotion, and Longfellow writes, and with his hand, Excuse me, and with his hard, rough hand, he wipes a tear out of his eyes. And the author of this commentary said, This is gentleness. Might and power restrain. Humility and grace display. Quite often when you hear blessed are the meek because they'll inherit the, 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 the earth, you think, I don't want to be meek because that's windy. 
that's that's so that's so negative. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be wimpy. I don't want to be known as the milk toast. But if you truly understand prolutas, which is what the Greek word is that's translated me, you actually understand that it is actually coming from a position of authority and power and strength and choosing to do the right thing and not seek your own way. So God, help us. Help us to take the tool of gentleness out of the tool bag on a regular basis. Help us, God, when it is in our power to grab a hammer or to kick the soccer ball. Help us instead to choose to hold the kitten or to hold the chick in the way that we respond to the situation before us. In Jesus' name I pray.